0: Hey, what is up everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man that says, It's hard to look badass when you're drinking a can of Sam Choice Diet Cola. (laughs) What's up, Dale?
1: That is one bad man, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, he's very confident in himself, (laughs) that is for sure, dude.
1: How about some uh, mountain thunder or mountain moondrops or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all them sam's
0: choice colas Woo,
1: Sam! what's going out. on dude oh not much buddy what you up to oh
0: ready to do another episode you got any shout outs for us or anything anything cool to talk about yeah, before we, we get started a,
1: yeah yeah it's i just, uh, met back up with a buddy of mine uh, uh brandon he used to be a drummer around here with uh Sunny leffert band talked to him the other day and he wanted me to send him a couple shirts out so i thought i'd give him a shout out to brandon out in salt lake old b stick glad you glad you're on board buddy and uh Another one I'm going to get out to a friend of mine over in uh, England, over in the U.K., to, uh, Nikki in uh, Norwich, Norfolk, in the U.K. All
0: right. Across the pond. Yeah, thanks for listening, Nick. That's it. We appreciate everyone who listens to us. And sadly enough, we got some news this week that my favorite drummer of all time, Neil Peart, passed away, brain cancer. Just, you know, man, I hate that. That just floored me. Mm, it yep. did
1: bad stuff bro i know yep. you're, you're a big rush fan you actually one brought me on the rush train back way back when uh,
0: way back in the day man i'm talking about
1: on a four-hour ride in a chevette
0: <laughs> i'll tell you I have, I have seen rush four times and that is the by, by far the best show i've, I've ever seen yeah i've all. seen
1: a few times myself
0: yeah. yeah i mean it's just a heck of a show it's like you, you if you're not a rush fan you would appreciate seeing them in concert right it's just awesome All right, Dale, we're going to get into this week's episode. And, you know, I say this every time we get ready to do an episode, but this one is pretty twisted. Yeah. There's a lot of players in it. It's a North Carolina case, which I like mysteries and different things that happen local.
1: Yeah, it's just, what, about an hour up the road, a little bit? Yeah.
0: And this stems from Asheville, North Carolina. Right. And this is the disappearance of Zeb Quinn. All right, Dale. Zeb was born on May the 12th, 1981. And today he would be 38 years old. Mm. At the time, he was 18 years old. And just this month, actually January the 2nd of this month, is his 20th anniversary of his disappearance. Yep. So this is, you know, this has been going for 20 years. And just recently, there's been some developments in the case that we're going to get into a little bit later on. This case, man, just blows my mind.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of players in this. If you want a, something suspects, we got got plenty of them.
0: And we're going to go through this case pretty good, try to hit every character and every player in this, this case and talk about them and theories and things going on. And there are all kinds. All right. Zeb was 5'9 to 5'10, depending on what you read. He was 165 pounds, and at the time of his disappearance, he was wearing a white T-shirt with a plaid button-down shirt. Tommy Hilfiger jeans, or some type of khaki pants. It's really hard to to determine because he was employed at Walmart in Asheville. He was also wearing a gold chain necklace. Zeb has a medical condition, Dale, and it's been described as an unspecified organizational learning disability. You know, and I don't know what all that includes. I don't know if that made him, you know, sort of, recluse or i don't know if that's the proper term for it what do you think
1: more like an introvert maybe yeah maybe a little
0: (laughs) withdrawn or something yeah but he was very trusting of people and and according to the disappeared tv show that they done a segment on that even the title of it was just a good guy
1: it seems like it would be
0: yeah he was just just an all-around very good guy he was very close with his sister and his mother yeah and I don't think his father was in the picture. I, I don't think he had much to do with his father at all.
1: No, he was around town still, but uh, I think they separated when he was fairly young.
0: And some distinguishing characteristics of Zeb. He was, he was a Caucasian male. He had brown hair, blue-gray eyes, and he had scars between his ring finger and middle finger on both of his hands,
1: hmm. and,
0: which was kind of interesting. And he also wore contact lenses. Zeb was, like we said, Zeb was employed at Walmart on Hendersonville Road in Asheville, North Carolina in 2000. And Zeb loved working at Walmart.
1: Yeah, especially in the electronics department.
0: Yeah, and he was involved in a lot of other things. You know, he just graduated high school. He was involved with the Boy Scouts, the Adopt-a-Grandparent Program, and... And ROTC. Yeah, ROTC in high school, which he... Well, I think that sort of brought him out a little bit. He was very interested in the military. Yeah,
1: I think he finally found his little his little group there. And
0: I think it was maybe the structure aspect of it. Yeah. With his disability, he liked that structure. But like I said, he was employed at Walmart, and he was just part time. But he would tend to work a lot of hours. Yeah, taking extra
1: shifts, working almost up to forty hours a week. Mm-hmm. And well, he hard worker, great employee. Everybody loved him, Singo.
0: And he was working, actually working to save up money to buy a car. Yeah. He he was driving a Mazda Protégé, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that's not a a chick magnet car. (laughs) It's not. But I think he was looking to purchase a a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Yeah. And I think in 2000, that was a pretty sporty car. Yeah, it's a pretty hard ride. Yeah. Which would help him with the ladies, that's for sure. All right. He was working at Walmart on January the 2nd. 2000 and this was getting about 9 p.m. at night and he was about to get off his shift and he was supposed to meet one of his friends right and i don't think they were real close friends i think they were more
1: acquaintances yeah yeah they'd go shoot pool and stuff on occasion but uh like they both worked at walmart and then, um robert also had another job somewhere else
0: yeah this guy he was supposed to meet was robert jason owens but i think he went by jason
1: yeah that's everything i've heard Yeah.
0: Zeb was supposed to get off his shift about nine o'clock and meet Robert to go look at a, a Mitsubishi clip that he was interested in. And they had been spotted in the Walmart parking lot.
1: About 9.15.
0: Yeah, by employees. Along this time, Zeb's mother had been paging him. And this was in 2000. This was a time of pagers. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you had a cell phone in 2000, that was more of a luxury. Yeah. But he did have a pager, and if anybody would call him, he would return the call. So that's, that was his communication
1: device. Yeah, I and, had a pager back in the day. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Zeb's mother—the reason she was texting him was to have a late night dinner. That they were going; she was wanting to go out with him and and just spend some time with him.
1: Right. She was working as a nurse, so she, her shift was running late, like his. So it would be a good time to catch it.
0: I think her, Zeb's <clears> mother, <throat> his grandmother, and even Zeb's sister all worked at the hospital <laughs> in the neonatal. Care unit, so you know all of his family was there at the hospital. Zeb was supposed to meet Jason Owens, and they were going to look at this Mitsubishi Eclipse. And they left, and they about nine fifteen. They arrive at the Eblen sitgo gas station on Hendersonville Road in Asheville.
1: So is that just down the street?
0: That's pretty much down the street,
1: because they uh, said you know, excuse me in the parking lot around nine fifteen so it's the so big. Not far from Arizona.
0: Yeah, so this is you know right in the same. This is in the ballpark time frame we're talking about. Gotcha. He got off at work at around nine to nine fifteen. You know, but they stopped at this Eblin Sitgo station to get some fountain drinks. Right. And it is on surveillance video of them going into the station to get fountain drinks. Right. And you can see this online. I've looked at it, but the ones I found, it just shows Zeb going into the
1: by himself. By himself. Right.
0: But according to news articles and the news station there in Asheville, WLOS 13, they've even said that the video footage shows them both of them going in. But separately. But separately. Which is kind of weird. And they were also driving <clears throat> separately. Right. And it, it seems to be that Zeb was following Jason Owens to this location. Location to look at this car. Right. Correct. Because
1: he's the one that told him about it. Mm-hmm. According to Chasing.
0: you know and Dale I don't know they were going to look at a car at 9 15 at night right and you and I talked off the air about this according to reports Zeb had money on him to purchase this vehicle I don't know if they were going to a dealership or to a a person that had it
1: yeah it just depends on where you heard and during research it was some would say it was just to go look at a car some said it was going to a dealership some said it was going to a dealership that we know that was closed so it's just this story's all over the place so we're just trying to but they were
0: going northwest <laughs> to a town called lester yeah lester north carolina
1: i also learned during this research that it is lester not leicester which is what I'm i've heard it, it pronounced
0: it. several different ways <laughs> i've heard it pronounced lee lee shyster but it is just pronounced Lester. Because right. I did watch some news footage on YouTube and I heard the people in, on the news station there call it Lester. So well, because
1: it's kind of like Cherville. When, you know, when you go to Cherryville, it's not Cherryville, it's Cherville. So, and yeah. Far City. <laughs> yeah. It's hot up here in Far City.
0: Far City. All right. All right. Back to the story. Back to the story. They are seen going into the Sitgo to get fountain drinks. And they are seen leaving the Sitgo station and both driving separately
1: heading in the same direction. Yeah,
0: and this is the last time that Zeb is ever spotted you know, or identified
1: out. Yeah, pretty much from here on, the story all relies on just what uh, Jason has. It's all his accounts, pretty much.
0: Yeah, this is what he's told authorities. Right, so... You can take it with a grain of salt. You can believe it. I, I don't know, but we're going to...
1: We'll give it to you best we can.
0: Like I said, they were seen pulling away from the gas station, and both were headed... Toward Long Shoals Road in Asheville. Owens told authorities that Quinn flashed his headlights sometime prior to 930. And this was him indicating to Jason Owens that he had a page. Right.
1: Well, back in the day before everybody had cell phones and you could let them know what you want. The old flash the lights means I need to tell you something or pull over or we need to stop. Oh, yeah. Especially when you were traveling together, you know, somebody behind you flashed your lights. He was pull over and see what's up.
0: Oh, yeah. That was the code back right. then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember doing that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. Told Owens that he received a page. And Jason Owens told Quinn that, well, he, Owens stated that Quinn drove away to make the phone call at that time. Right, yeah. So he was,
1: pulled up, and some now some accounts say he could pull up and ask him if he had a phone, which he said he didn't. He said, why don't you go back to the store where we were, and maybe you could have a pay phone there.
0: Yeah. Right. And so... Zeb went back, and Owens told authorities that Quinn returned approximately 10 minutes later. And no, attacked,
1: He just sat there on the side of the road and waited on.
0: Pretty much, yeah. No, just I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> yeah. All right. When he returned, Jason Owens, his pretty much exact words was Zeb was in a frantic state. Yep. And he was attempting to drive away and rear-ended Jason's truck. And Zeb just rolled down the window and said, I'll catch up with you later, and we'll settle up with the damages. I got to go. Yep. And this was all according to Jason Owens' statement, and that was the last time he had seen Zeb. A couple hours later, Dale, this is where it gets strange. Owens was treated for head injuries and broken ribs that he claimed to have occurred during an unrelated automobile accident.
1: Yeah, second one.
0: Yeah, another accident. This is what's strange. And he stated that the accident occurred near the Waffle House on Long Shoals Road. He yeah,
1: said he was pulling out from there and somebody hit him.
0: Yeah. But this accident hadn't been reported to any authorities. There's no police report of any kind of this nope, accident.
1: Not any insurance, nothing.
0: So his injuries, we're going to talk about later what they could have come from. Right.
1: <clears throat> the injuries were real because he actually had to. Uh hospital records but you know as far as vehicle damage no that was ever reported
0: yeah and there was no damage to his truck not that i know no so this is where he gets this it'd
1: be a pretty damn rough wreck fractured ribs and head injury
0: oh yeah i mean like yeah. a t-bone or something a t-bone absolutely now we're going to get back to zeb's mother she hadn't heard from zeb all night long right and she had just assumed that he was working late and didn't get her page or his pager had died.
1: Yeah, so she had called Walmart to see if he was still working there, or working late, and, and uh, they said no. He had actually been gone for about an hour and a half when she called to check on him. Yeah. So then she really started getting worried.
0: Yeah, she was getting worried, and she went actually went to eat dinner with her boyfriend. Yep. They went home that night, and she didn't sleep hardly any. She would wake up about every hour to nope. page Zeb, and the next day it got even worse. So she went to the authorities the next day and filed a missing persons report for her son. Correct. Now, two days later, they're at Walmart. A phone call comes in to the electronics department where Zeb worked. And the phone call was picked up by a woman named Patty King. And Patty and Zeb had worked together at this Walmart for a couple of years and they knew each other pretty well.
1: She was his manager with
0: she? Yeah, I think she was the manager, yeah. but she had talked to Zeb quite a bit. She knew his voice, but yep. the person on the other end of the phone Was not Zeb. No,
1: and she knew it right away.
0: And I don't know, Patty deserves some kind of medal or something for this. I mean, she, or some kind of, for her foresight in this. Yeah, she was on her
1: toes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. This was back in the day, a lot of uh, people in our generation knew what, know what Star 69 is. And Star 67, we're going to talk about later, but uh, Star 69 is where you can find out who your previous caller was
1: yeah like when you if you was walking in the door back before cell phones is only had landlines and the phone was ringing and you didn't get to it in time you could just pick it up and hit star 69 and it would tell you what the last number that called was so then you could call them back
0: yeah so patty was talking to this person on the phone and this person was telling her that this is zeb quinn and i won't be at work today yeah, I'm sick. and but she got to question them and, and trying to find out what was going on. Yeah. But she was asking questions like, who is this again? What department do you work in? What's
1: your schedule, what hours? Who's
0: your supervisor? Several Just th- keeping them on the line. Yeah. Because I think she was maybe going to go to another department. The phone she was on wasn't able to call out. Correct. And she was trying to get to another department, to another phone. To
1: the jewelry department. So yeah. Yeah, because they had a, a line that would actually call in and out. Yeah. So she kept him on the line until she got there, and finally she ended up ending the conversation and directly grabbing the other phone and hitting star sixty nine, so she would know where that number come from before another call came in.
0: Exactly, that was brilliant, freaking brilliant on her part. So she hung up the phone with this caller,
1: and it kind of goes to tell you know how much she cared for the guy, you know, because most of them just blew it off and wouldn't matter if she didn't really, you know, was just intrigued about it because it's like you know she just knew that that wasn't him and something was up.
0: Everybody liked Zeb, right? He was just a just a great guy. So she calls back, does a star sixty nine, and finds out where this phone call came from, Dale. And it came from the Volvo plant. Mm-hmm. Robert Jason Owens was employed at the Volvo plant. This wasn't a car plant. This is where they made big equipment. Yeah, like um, construction equipment. Yeah, Volvo construction equipment. So she contacted Zeb's mother.
1: Yeah, so some of the employees kind of put it together. They knew that that uh, Jason had worked part-time at Walmart, but he also worked there, so it kind of red-flagged him. Yeah. Especially they knew they, they left together, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So then she called his mom, right?
0: Yeah, she had called his relatives. She called his mom to tell her what had happened. Some
1: fishy phone calls just to come in. Exactly. And then she directly called the cops.
0: Yeah. So they've got this, all this evidence, this thing going on right here. The authorities went to Robert Jason Owens, and they asked him about the phone call, and he admitted to he had made the phone call yeah. that Zeb had asked him to call in for him, which I don't understand. No. I have I have never called in sick for anybody else. No, unless you know if it, if somebody I knew that well if it was one of my kids or something it was just deathly sick and couldn't call in, right? You know, it's something like that. But just a.
1: Well, it's not like you have your wife call in or something. where You don't want to get up and call in to work. I'm not going. Not one of your friends or people who don't live directly in your house, or.
0: But these guys the were just acquaintances. They yeah. weren't good friends. Right. Yeah. So you.
1: So you know, nobody's believing it just out of the blue that uh, Zeb would call him up and go, "Hey, man, how about calling for me? I don't really want to call him." I'm, I'm gonna call
0: you to, for you to call in sick for me. Yeah, yeah, it just didn't make any sense at all.
1: Yeah. And then him for just admit it right off the bat it was also weird to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. All right, Dale. During the investigation of this page that Zeb got that night, they had discovered that it came from Zeb's aunt, and this was it wasn't his mother's sister. This was his, his paternal aunt, his father's sister. Right. And I think her name was her name was Ina Eustage. Yeah. And they weren't real close at all.
1: Yeah, so that was kind of weird to me. Like, why would she even have his pager number?
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that don't make no sense to me at all. But the the page came from her home. And what was what's weird about this, Zeb had a love interest. The authorities found out. Right. And this girl's name was Misty Taylor. Right. I don't think... She was as much into Zeb as Zeb was into her.
1: Well, I think she was more infatuated than that somebody would actually talk to him.
0: Yeah. And Misty, she had a boyfriend. Yeah. And she also had a child.
1: Yeah, with this boyfriend.
0: With this boyfriend. And it has been reported that this boyfriend, his name was Wesley Smith, he was kind of verbally abusive. I'm not sure if he was physically abusive. But they did have a child together. Right, And I think... From all accounts that I've read, that she just used Zeb as a.
1: A shoulder to lean on or something. Yeah. Somebody just like to talk to. Yeah.
0: Have a set of ears, to tell her, her problems. And maybe Zeb, with his learning disability, took it as a little bit more of a relationship than what she considered it as. Right.
1: Now, did you ever see anywhere to where they met? Yes, I did. Okay.
0: Misty's mother worked at a restaurant that Zeb's mother's. Boyfriend-owned, okay. if you can keep that straight. Yeah. If I can just clear it up a little bit more. The boyfriend of Zeb's mother owned a restaurant, and Misty's mother worked at that restaurant. And I think this is where Zeb and Misty had met. Okay. And he became very infatuated with her. So that's that covers that part right Yeah, there.
1: I was wondering where they met because I didn't see that anywhere, and I didn't know what was going on or how— how they became close, you know? Yeah.
0: And she confided in Zeb in a lot of her problems and her life.
1: Right. And they would call and talk to each other, and he would always block his number.
0: Zeb would use star 67 to block his number. So
1: just in case, you know, wrong person got to answer the phone, he could just hang up, and you couldn't be traced.
0: Exactly. So Misty could talk to Zeb, and they could talk. Right. All right. Let's get back to the page that Zeb had received that night when he had, was going to look at that car.
1: Right, when he came back so frantic. This is where they, they uh, after checking phone records, they figured out where the page had actually came from.
0: And the page came from an aunt of
1: Zeb. So it would be from her home phone.
0: Yeah, this Correct. is still landline time. Yeah. And it, it came from her home. But her, his aunt wasn't at home at the time. She was actually at a, at a meeting with Misty's mother. Right. They were planning to do a, to get into the restaurant business themselves. Correct. So she wasn't even at home that night when the page came from her home.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird, too, because they were having this meeting or talking or dinner or whatever it was, discussing this possible restaurant. Misty and Wesley was also there at the same dinner, right? Yeah. Yeah. So all these people were there at one place. Yeah.
0: I just wonder, you know, if Wesley and Misty knew that Ina was Zeb's aunt. I just wonder.
1: I'm sure she did.
0: Yeah. I'm sure Misty knew. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where the call came from or the page came from. Right. All right.
1: Which is weird to me.
0: Yeah. A couple days later, Zeb's aunt, Ina Ustich, had filed a police report stating that her home had been broken into, Dale. Right. And there wasn't anything missing, but it appeared some stuff had been moved around yeah picture
1: frames and some items and stuff which so is kind of strange yeah
0: i just wonder if they took any fingerprints or anything like that when they they came out and done anything like that good question fingerprints on the phone
1: should have yeah well i guess depending on how many days later it was or how much time had elapsed
0: this is true all right
1: so what we're thinking here somebody broke in the house user phone
0: that's that's what they're thinking
1: or is that at least what she's wanting them to think or something, I don't know.
0: But Ina wasn't close to Zeb. Right. I mean, this was, like we said, this was his father's sister. And I don't even know if she had his page number.
1: Right. That's what I was weird, you know. So I was like, huh. But we can get into that later.
0: Yeah. So it just makes it very weird. Right. On January the 6th, 2000.
1: Which is four days after disappearance.
0: Yeah. Zeb's mother had received a phone call from my fellow nurse at the Asheville Hospital where... She worked. Telling her that she had seen Zeb's Mazda protege in the parking lot at the Little Pigs Barbecue. And this was right across the road from the hospital she worked at.
1: Right. She was a former classmate of uh, Zeb, so she knew his his car and stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and his
0: mom. So the police examined the car.
1: This is weird. Very
0: weird. Now, the car, the headlights were still on in the car, which makes me wonder if whoever left the car made it. Visible to spot. Maybe they were wanting Zeb's mother to spot this car. Yeah. Since it was right there adjacent to the hospital.
1: So you'd think whoever it is, they knew her or knew where she worked.
0: Yeah. Now, this is where it gets even stranger. They get inside the car, Dale. There is a, a, a jacket in there that doesn't belong to Zeb. Right. They find some water bottles, a hotel key card. No name. No name. No kind of hotel name on it at all. And it makes me wonder: Did they check that for prints? Did they did they uh, did they check the car for prints? Because and also the driver's seat was pushed way up under the steering wheel, like a
1: small person. That's
0: why it was pushed all the way up under the steering wheel. Correct. And also in the car was a lab puppy, about yeah. a three month old puppy. Yeah, lab female puppy. And this was in January, so the dog would have had worried about getting killed in the car from the heat. Right. And the car couldn't have been there that long with the headlight still on.
1: Right, because it hadn't killed a battery yet.
0: Yeah. But there was a lab puppy dog in there, about three months old. And also, well, the dog didn't belong to Zeb at all. They don't know where the dog came from. They checked all kennels, adoption agencies around, and that dog didn't come from anything like that. Mm-mm. And also on the back glass of the Mazda Protégé was a set of lips drawn in lipstick.
1: And they were huge. Yeah, (laughs) all the way across the window.
0: And we're gonna post pictures of this on our social media account so everybody can see that. You know, that maybe they whoever done that done that to indicate you know it was a female had done that right
1: with the small jacket and the the seat pushed all the way up and then the lipstick and then a puppy.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that was a ruse just to.
1: It's just weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it looked like the lips had appeared to have exclamation points beside of it.
1: Yeah, that's what some folks say, but it's it's up to viewer interpretation, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not like a real prominent exclamation point.
0: But they did uh, check the hotel key card with all the hotels and motels around it. And
1: they couldn't find no match.
0: Couldn't find no match. They couldn't read the data off of it. You'd think that they could scan that that magnetic strip or something like that and get some kind of text file from it.
1: Yeah. I figure they probably could today.
0: Yeah. And I don't <laughs> know if they still have that. They can... Evidence they could pull that from, you know, technology is a lot better now, right? So, you know, I think you know, if any of the actual PD listen to this, maybe they can go back and check that stuff, right? it would be very interesting. I hope, I hope they do.
1: Side note that puppy was uh, actually adopted by one of the, the police officers who, who uh, found the car,
0: yeah, and he named the dog Katie, Katie, yeah. And this officer had a little bit of insight too. He actually preserves some of the DNA from this pup. Yep. In case fiber, dog fiber come up, dog hair came up later, or they can maybe in the future find out where the dog came from. Right. So that was pretty brilliant thinking there.
1: Some smart folks up there in for.
0: Oh, yeah. We need to go to Asheville more often. <laughs> All right, Dale. Moving forward just a couple of years in 2002.
1: So it pretty much went dead after that. Yeah. Cold, it did. Just cold it stuff, did.
0: right? In 2002, Jason Owens... Showed up in the news again. He was involved in a high speed chase, yeah. which is not going to end well at all. No. And he was actually firing shots at the police officers chasing him.
1: Yeah, he was drunk, shooting a gun out the window at the cops. And then, uh, if you saw the the video of the from uh, WLOS, they actually showed his pickup truck low, up on its side. So he it didn't end well.
0: No, it's well. High speed chase never ends well. I mean, <laughs> not shooting at the cops. No, no, but yeah, that's what happened to him in two thousand two. So this guy, his he's all over the place with his antics.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, actually, uh, what come out of that, you know, high speed chase and shooting at the at the cops or the police officers wrecking his car, I think uh, he was uh, given four years for that. Dang. Which does not seem like very much to me for drunk driving and shooting at the, at the police.
0: No, not at all. It don't It don't seem like nearly enough. All right, Dale, we're going to move... 2015 on March the 17th 2015 this was 15 years after Zeb's disappearance Jason Owens was arrested in an unrelated incident for the disappearance of a Food Network star her name was Christy Showen Cod and her husband JT Cod and it just so happened that Misty was five months pregnant with her unborn child
1: right
0: now, later, Jason Owens admitted to killing Christy Cod and her unborn child and also pleaded guilty to two counts of dismembering human remains because he had a, I think it was some kind of wood stove there at his house.
1: I think it was at a trailer that was on his property that his grandmother used to live in.
0: Yeah. And he had dismembered their remains and destroyed evidence. Right. Yeah,
1: they... uh. They had known this fellow. They had moved there and then they run across him and they knew he was a guy down on his luck and didn't have much money. So they.
0: Sort of doing handyman he work. He was doing but,
1: handy work and they even loaned him $7,000 to get his business started to help him out. They just thought he was an all right guy and was there to help him out.
0: Doing work around their property.
1: Yeah, doing a lot of work. They That's even gave him keys to their, their sheds and stuff to, to use their, their tools when needed and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, because uh, Christy was on, like I said, she was on the Food Network channel and she was a contestant
1: right yeah and they weren't from for they just were looking for a place to stay and when they run across this place too she just fell in love with it
0: and it was um, a lot of land i think she was wanting to grow her own vegetables and things yep. and i've found i've seen a picture of their house online and it's not a a really big house for you know what i think
1: would, right what what you would think
0: yeah for i think they were pretty well to do but they it was a modest home and I, but I think they had a lot of land a lot with of it. land yeah
1: yeah and that's what she was excited about.
0: Yeah, to be able to grow her own vegetables for her own cooking. And that's what she was wanting to be in. She was wanting to be a chef. Yep. So, anyway.
1: She loved to fish and hunt and that kind of stuff, too. But cooking was her passion.
0: Yeah. Now, Owens was sentenced on April the 27th, 2017, to spend 60 to 75 years in prison without the possibility of parole right. for this crime.
1: it was really weird, though, because the, I mean, the way it happened, or the way he said it happened, that... He were he accidentally hit him with his truck and killed
0: both of them well he actually said he hit JT with his truck it killed JT and then just what what he said you can't believe anything he says it hurt Christy, and he tried well actually he said he carried her in the home to try life-saving from you know measures try to CPR and all that stuff but it didn't work
1: and then she died I guess
0: yeah he died she died now going back a so little bit I do what
1: so he accidentally Ran, I don't know. So he accidentally ran him over with his truck, and then in fear of going back to prison, he decides the best way to do this is to dismember them and take them to a trailer on his property and burn them in the wood stove. Yeah, okay, that's brilliant. I
0: mean, he's he's out of prison, he's got a job, but
1: they're helping him out all they can.
0: Yeah, and what's wrong, you know, if he does that, what's wrong with saying? It was an accident, right, you know, call them call the authorities right then, but no he Jason Owens is man, he's out there, yeah, this this way of thinking is just backwards.
1: He even took some of their belongings and pawned them and hid their vehicle like it looked like a robbery or something, mm-hmm.
0: but the way this came about was a neighbor had spotted a suspicious man dumping big trash bags into a container, mm. and when they had investigated this trash dumpster they would found belongings of the CODs even Christie's identification and some of their other belongings. The Todds were supposed to go to Mississippi to a family gathering at the time this, their murder took place Dale. Right. And a, a day later Christy's dad had called up to Asheville to have the police go in for a welfare check just to find out because they weren't answering any calls or anything like that. So they go in and they weren't there the dogs are there everything else is good around the property the dogs don't look like they've you know been without for very long right so they do a welfare check and there's nothing found of them
1: no no just found the dogs but it did say they found her purse and uh his wallet and some stuff that they would have taken if they had left to yeah. go on this trip yeah including the dogs
0: yeah
1: or at least you know put them up or boarded them or whatever but mm-hmm. they were just running free
0: in the house Now, to date, Dale, no motive has been established for the murders. The exact nature of their murder has not been released. And authorities undertook a a search of Owen's property. And the couple's remains were found in his wood stove. And they concluded that the couple had been killed on March the 12th. Hmm. Also, Dale, Jason Owen's double-wide trailer suspiciously burned down on March the 24th, 2015. And on August the 4th, it was reported that the state of North Carolina would be seeking the death penalty for Owens if he's convicted. But I think he did admit to murdering them, so which got him out of the death penalty. Right. And he was spent to serve 59 and a half years to a maximum of 74 and a half years in prison for their murder. So he got out of the death penalty. All right, Dale. On July the 10th, 2017, the Buncombe County Grand Jury returned an indictment charging Jason Owens with first-degree murder for the death of Zeb Quinn. Now, his his remains have never been found. His body has never been found. And according to the Asheville Police Department, this indictment is a result of years of investigation work and persistence by detectives of the Asheville PD, as well as ongoing partnerships with members of the Quinn family and the Buncombe County District Attorney's Office. Right.
1: I wonder if this comes from where you know they said that uh, his neighbors or his relatives one said it once he was building what he said was a fish pond on his property. Yeah, it but was like a bunch of concrete and, and stuff. It was
0: like, like a eight foot by eight foot concrete slab. He was he was putting out. But see the the where he was putting this slab wasn't even near the home. Right, so or, it
1: wouldn't be right for a fish. You couldn't uh, what do you call it? Enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yes,
0: from the house. It was like several. Yards from the house. I mean, it wasn't even close to the house. And then
1: later, what he just went ahead and put dirt back over top of it.
0: Yeah. So it makes you wonder if he was burying something under the concrete slab.
1: Yeah, because they went later, didn't they, and dig that up And once they found out about it?
0: Yeah, they found fragments of clothing.
1: Numerous plastic bags containing possibly pulverized lime.
0: They found some hard fragments of something they couldn't identify.
1: Yeah, fabric, leather, and unknown hard fragments. Yeah. Underneath the concrete, but they still... Have not said whether anything could be human bones or anything else.
0: Or no. any indication anything was of Zeb Quinn.
1: Right. Nothing concrete.
0: You know, it makes me wonder, have the police there in Asheville and Buncombe County investigated any other missing persons? And, you know, with any fragments they found with possible DNA linked to other missing people in that area. Right when I was in that stove yeah but see you know like I said on July July the 10th 2017 they indicted him but he still hasn't gone to trial nope as of this recording and I don't know what they're waiting on if you know sometimes these people in in prison will sit on their information oh yeah it's like a power trip for them They'll, they'll just sit on this information and just to buy time by time in prison. So you know if he is convicted of Zeb's murder, then he could get the death penalty.
1: Yeah, if he did it, he still hadn't said he did it.
0: Exactly, he's not admitting to it at all.
1: Which would be the first smart thing he's doing. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so let's uh, let's go back to let's go
1: down and break this thing down.
0: Jason Owens's injuries that he went to the emergency room with: right, Bur- broken ribs, bruises. Of drama, yeah. Did he get in a fight with maybe Zeb?
1: Maybe, yeah, because I don't know. This you've got to remember this whole thing is all according to Jason, yeah. Everything from the time they left the store, the rest is all his account,
0: Mm-hmm. pretty much.
1: And so, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff, you know. I don't know, do we believe that actually he came back from the, the page so frantic that he ran into his car? Or is it more something like that actually he was – do we even know that he was actually going to look at a car?
0: Now, we have a picture of his car when it was found in the Little Pigs parking lot. And there is a little bit of front-end damage to that car. Right. Not very much. It looks like a side reflector light that's out. Right. Busted out on it.
1: But that could have been, say, say if they weren't going – now, this is just me speculating because it's just – this whole damn thing is weird to me. (laughs) But uh, say they're actually – who says they are going to look at a car? Mm-hmm. i mean you know did you tell people at walmart they were going to go look at a car or is this just reasoning maybe they were and then but when they come into the store they come in separately which is kind of weird to me
0: but zeb seems like the type of person that would doesn't hold back on what he's going to do or right you know he, and we said before he was very close to his mom and his sister and he told him everything he would even tell him when he was going and coming and and stuff like that. Okay. That, so maybe he told her.
1: Well, if he told her that, then why is she paging him on him to go eat at nine o'clock when she knows was going to go get look at his car?
0: This is true. I didn't think about that. But yeah. So
1: then they go to the store. if They're separate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. They come in separate. They go out separate. They get in their cars. They go the same way. But who says they're actually with each other? Together. So maybe this, this dude's in front of him and then maybe he locks it down and smashes it. He hits him in the rear end. He gets him stopped. If he's got his money with him, he's got the money. But I don't know. I mean, this is just. Me thinking That's, yeah. spitballing, I guess they'd call it.
0: Maybe he knew if Zeb was going to buy a car, he had cash on him. Right. And, uh, this is an easy score for some cash.
1: But then what happens to the car and the body and all that, I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then again, we go back to the page. Okay, I had a pager. Okay, just because the number that sent the page was his aunt's house doesn't necessarily mean that the message he received on his pager was to call that number back. You can, like I could call from your house and just when the page answers, you just type in on the keypad what number, you know, some people had special star XX or whatever, star 22 to call certain people if you didn't want to leave your number. But then again, so you could just call basically, say if I broke into her house, I could call from her and then put in a whole different number for him to return the call to. Mm -hmm. So just because the, the call came from her house does not mean that was the message The message number sent to him to call back does that make sense it does make sense yeah so because they never found his pager so no they don't know and then i don't know if you could you could find that in the records as far as what the the message does was was sent probably not Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's just weird to me i mean why would why would i even have the number i'm thinking maybe this misty chick or wesley got the number maybe they slipped off broke into the house used the phone to set her up, or just give them an alibi that it came from a relative, which they wouldn't think look weird. But if he didn't really have a lot to do with her, it mm-hmm. looks weird because why would she even have the number?
0: Exactly. Now this, um,
1: this is just all craziness coming out of my
0: head. Misty's boyfriend Wesley, Wesley Smith, he was very jealous. Yep. He was very, and he, there was one time that Zeb had called misty and forgot to to use the star six seven yep and i'm pretty sure that maybe wesley found out about this this is where she found out she was talking to zeb
1: so maybe the number is called and he called back and then he calls and it's her number misty's yeah and then that's why he's frantic well this is going on whatever so then he flies there and then maybe wesley takes him out
0: yeah because jason owens has admitted to killing the cods right but he said he's adamant to this day he didn't have anything to do with zeb's disappearance
1: so maybe he wasn't lying he took off to go but he went to go and help misty because that's something he would do Mm -hmm. if she got a distress call you know and that was the pager number and that's why he had to go call right now because maybe he thinks that uh wesley's beating her up or something yeah and then it's just a setup
0: Mm -hmm.
1: maybe misty didn't know nothing about it maybe you know that was the call he answers look this is what i'm doing and he takes off to go find her.
0: I mean, this is this is how infatuated <clears throat> Zeb was with Misty. Right. There, there was one time that he took her, her child, and another child that she was babysitting to the mall to go shopping. So they were they were seen in public together, right? And
1: so it wasn't just phone call and infatuation.
0: Yeah, they were they were spending some time together, and in, in Zeb's eyes, that was you know she was really interested in him, right? And he was doing for her, and that made him happy. But to her, he was just a friend. As far as we know. And Wesley, the boyfriend, the father of. He wasn't having. Yeah, you know, he wasn't putting up with it. Even though Zeb was, you know, had some disability issues.
1: Now, this goes back to the injuries of what you were bringing up. So
0: Jason Owens'. is
1: Yeah, so if, if the thing was that he went back to the Wesley guy, how did this, this guy get beat up? Or whatever happened to him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They didn't know each other. As far as anything I could find, Wesley and Jason had no uh, knowledge of each other. They didn't. Yeah. They, they weren't friends, or they didn't know each other. So I don't think it was a setup for them to, You know, to get him.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: But I don't know. Maybe he tried to do get the money and. Zeb beat his ass. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. But then what would happen to him? I, it's just, it's everything so confusing and nobody knows nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, he pulled over to the side of the road, he hit his car, left and vanished. Yeah. Until the car shows up with the lipstick on the back and, and that's it.
0: Jason Owens calling in for Zeb sick to work. Right. So okay. he
1: knows he's disappeared.
0: Yeah. Oh, he knows.
1: So he, he knows more than he's saying.
0: And, he also used Christy's phone to text her family, saying they wouldn't be coming to Mississippi for the gathering. Right. So that's like an mo for him. Yeah. To
1: try to give himself time to
0: buy time. Yep. Yeah. So that's makes me one one thing lean toward Jason Owens. You know that's his that's his thing. Right. Right. But the the Misty and Wesley part of it, especially the Wesley being jealous. Of Zeb, that that's something there. I don't know. You know, they were there that night, the same night that Zeb disappeared. They were
1: with his aunt.
0: Yeah, with Zeb's aunt.
1: So then, who made the call?
0: Yeah, but all three of them, you know, they had that alibi. Right. Zeb's aunt, which is weird. Misty and Wesley.
1: It just happened to all be the same place at the same time when somebody's making a phone call from her house. Mm-hmm. And it couldn't be uh, Jason making a phone call because he was there on the side of the road.
0: Mm-hmm. Supposedly, according to Jason.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, it's, it's a strange tale. But like we said, Jason has been indicted for the murder of Zeb. And I don't know if this is just a way to maybe fish out some things, you know, get him to confess. Or, or to
1: find more there then they're letting on.
0: Or to, you know, let him, yeah. You know, spill more evidence
1: now i nearly said it right after this that uh his dad zeb's dad had actually threatened the aunt that uh and said you know that he didn't know what was going on and i know you're my family but he's my son and if i find out you had anything to do with this i will cripple you so every time you take a step and hobble you'll think of him mm-hmm. so
0: even though they weren't close that, that was just still his
1: yeah, right. It was, it was still, still his son. Yeah, it still was still his son because he he, had, he was a local bar owner there. I think he has since passed away. But yeah, he was a local bar owner there and it really hit him hard. I think that, you know, this has happened. And then when the, the news came out that the phone call came from her house, it kind of pissed him off. Mm-hmm. And then actually, she moved away. She moved to, to Tennessee somewhere after yeah. all this happened. So yeah, just to did get out. of she know anything else or not? You know?
0: Exactly. Because everybody in town was considering her involved with his his disappearance right and she was like prime suspect number one at one time
1: well i mean hell you know if somebody breaks in your house well they didn't steal nothing they just broke in used my phone to move my pictures <laughs> my pictures around
0: yeah so it's a crazy tale man
1: yeah there's it's really just, just so many suspects and that's all you know
0: yep all right i think we've covered this pretty well you got anything else to add to it?
1: No, I was just, I don't know. The whole time I'm thinking, you know, this whole story is all based on what Jason said. So I've been trying to pick it apart since we first started looking into it. And I am still don't know what, what
0: happened. Yeah. Jason has been indicted on this. So if anything comes up, you know, we'll talk about it and bring it out.
1: Yeah. Hopefully find something else just for his poor mom. Exactly. pretty upset about it.
0: They Actually, uh, watched it on the news. And they had a showed a picture of her car tag on her car, and it's a uh, missing Zeb.
1: Yeah, and she said she knew, even though it's supposedly foul play. But she's still hoping there ain't no body, so she's still she's still hoping.
0: Yeah. All right, Dale. We're gonna get out of here. We want everyone to be safe. Be careful and always be aware of your surroundings.
1: Because the next episode could be about
0: you this is the crack house, crack house chronicles, chronicles.